Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning. Good to see everybody. Well, we're in this series looking at the specific pieces of, of our church. And so we're breaking down specific parts of our church and Generic is really the enemy of the church, is being generic. We can get stuck in a rut when we do things in, in a generic way. Uh, I, I'm good with generic for salt, for sugar, for flour. Uh, and, and sometimes I find some generics that I'm, you know, purchase something generic, save some money. I'm like, this is pretty good. This, this is great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep buying this. But sometimes I'll notice something that I'm like, that's not the way I like it, so I'll find the specific kind when I'm purchasing of some item. And so, now generic, again, it's the enemy of the church. We can get stuck in a rut with church. We can get stuck in a rut as a church if we just simply try to copy and then paste what others are doing. And so, we can get stuck in a rut even with just getting busy doing what we've always done year after year in church, not really looking at the specifics and breaking that out and describing and clarifying those specifics. So that's what we're doing in this series. We're trying to, in this series of messages, unveil our church's unique opportunity through introducing what's called the OCC, the Orange Crest Community Church Vision Frame. And it's something we spent a lot of time in 2018 as a leadership team working on, and now we're just walking through the pieces in this series. So the frame is made up of four parts, and then a, a a picture in the middle, and the picture in the middle represents sort of the long-range vision of our church, what is on the horizon, what do we sense is coming in the next 10 years, but then these pieces around the frame clarify what's important to us. So last week we, we looked at the mission of the church, and we started by looking at what is it that Jesus had to say, what was the assignment that he gave, and so we, we looked at five commissioning passages where Jesus commissioned and and sent the church. This is after the resurrection, so he had their he had their attention, they were focused, and he gave them the mission of the church. It's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. And we looked at these five passages and we then we asked the question, okay now what are we going to specifically do about that? And so we described what our mission was. The mission answers the question, what are we doing? And so here at OCC, here's our mission. We looked at this last week, but I wanted to clarify this one again. This is what we're about. Inviting people to take their next steps with Jesus. That's our mission. That's what we're doing here. And so whether it's your first time and you're wondering, what is this group about? This is what we're about. If you've been here for 10, 11 years, this is still what we're about. And honestly, this is still applicable to you. How do I take my next step? And what, what's next, God, in my growth? And so we're, we're inviting people to do that with us. Now the next side of the frame is what we're looking at this morning it's our values. God is concerned not only with what or the what, but he's also concerned with the heartbeat behind the mission. What is the heartbeat behind the mission? It's really the why. And so values answer the question, why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? If you'd like to follow along, you can follow. Uh, there's a listening guide in the program that you received this morning. Now, clear values guide our approach towards our mission. They guide our approach towards the mission. An example of values that guide the approach of a mission can be found in the space race. 
Uh, in, in the 1960s, President Kennedy communicated his desire to land a man on the moon. And, and other countries were aiming for that same objective, let's get a man on the moon. And so there was this space race. But the mission had some guiding values. One of the guiding values for the space race was the preservation of, of human life. Human beings matter. And so the goal wasn't just to start sort of launching people into the sky and see if this catapult would get them further. And this maybe this would get them further. This object, let's, let's just see what we can get out there in space. No, it wasn't just the mission, but there was there were some guiding values beyond that. Like how do we get a man on the moon and then return them safely home? And here's a picture from the movie Apollo 13. Apollo 13 was a film uh, came out in 1995, but it looked back at the Apollo 13 mission in 1970 to get a man on the moon. And this film, if you've seen it, sort of keeps you on the edge of your seat as you're watching Mission Control back in Houston, focusing on how do we get these astronauts back home to their families safely after an oxygen tank exploded within the, the vessel. And the oxygen tank explosion caused the astronauts to have to abort their mission. They weren't able to land on the moon. Instead, they just looped around the moon. And But there's less oxygen. They had to really ration their food and their water. And there was just intense pressure to get this uh, to get them home. The film does a great job of capturing it. Now, the engineers who designed the ship, again, they're not just focused on the mission launch. Uh, but they're thinking, they have to be thinking about the reentry process. And they have to be thinking about what if something goes wrong, which in this case, something actually did go wrong. The film depicts a real event. And so we're going to watch a scene from Apollo 13. And I want you to, to see if you can capture the values that are guiding the mission and see if you can make some connections. Now, what's happening in this specific scene is they're re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, and the major concern is, will the heat shield that the engineers developed, will the heat shield be strong enough to withstand the re-entry conditions? And so, uh, and the specific part of this uh, moment is the families are huddled around TVs, wondering if their fathers and brother and uh, husbands are going to make it home safely, along with UC Mission Control working and, and really wondering if they will uh, be able to break through the Earth's atmosphere. So let, let's take a look at this scene. Pay attention to the values. ship has ever taken longer than three minutes to emerge from blackout. This ends the critical moment for the heat shield hold. For the command module survive the intense heat of reentry. If it doesn't, there'll only be silence. Mommy, you're squishing me. I'm sorry.
an intense scene, isn't it? Some of you have never seen it, and you're like, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Well, and some of you lived that. You, you, some of you may have seen that before in, 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 in live. And so what is so clear about this clip is the, the, the value of human life. The value of human life. Exploration is important. Advancement, progress is important. But there are some values that frame how they would approach each mission. See, values are our motives really at the deepest level. These are the mission non-negotiables. For a church, they represent those issues that we are unwilling to sacrifice as we set out to accomplish our mission. And Jesus' mission was to, he's God who incarnated, meaning he took on flesh, he dwelt and lived among us, but then he offered up his life for broken and sinful humanity. He was on a rescue mission. And in order to do that, he engaged with people who, whose lives were broken. And, and falling apart. And because of that, he was criticized by people, specifically the religious leaders. They criticized Jesus' uh, dinner guests at points. And so here's one of those encounters where Jesus is being criticized because he's dining with a bunch of sinners and tax collectors. And Jesus replies with this in Luke 19.10. He gives his mission. For the Son of Man, this is his description, his title for himself, the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. That's the mission. To lay his life down. To, he did this to pay for our rebellion. For your and my rebellion. But there were certain values that guided his mission. I want to give you a, an example of values guiding mission. And so, just as Jesus is about to go to the cross. The scene is, he is in the garden praying. He's about to be arrested. He's about to be taken for trial, beaten, and then crucified. And... Luke records this encounter this way. Look at Luke 22, verses 49 through 51. It says, when Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, meaning Luke records in the previous verses that there was a mob of, of people with torches and weapons that came to arrest Jesus. 
led by Judas, the betrayer. So says, when the disciples, or when the followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? You heard the, the phrase, fight or flight? You get in a hot moment, you're like, fight or flight. Do I run or do I fight? That's what they're thinking. Do I fight? Do we fight? Do we strike with our sword? And one of them, the Gospel of John, it tells us that this is Peter, struck the servant of the high priest, one of the guards, cutting off his right ear. I'm speculating he must have been a left-handed guy. Because to hit the right ear, I mean, I couldn't do that, you know, across, unless he's coming from behind. Anyway, that's just a... I'm assuming he's beside Jesus and he's facing these guards and so... But anyway, he strikes the right ear. You can research that for yourself if you'd like to. You know, left-handed people and the qualities that they have in their lives and, and uh, abilities. You know, they have special abilities. And so, but it says this, but, so Peter, he takes matters into his own hands and he slices this guy's ear off. Verse 51, Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and Jesus heals this soldier on the spot. John records the same encounter, but in this way. John 18, verse 11. says, Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. He says, shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? He is fully prepared to suffer and to die. And he's saying, look, this is the, this is the way, this is my mission. This is what I'm about to do. He was on a rescue mission, but there was a heartbeat, a motive behind the mission that Jesus was trying to imprint on his followers. There's a certain way he was going to go about accomplishing the mission. It wasn't through force, he's saying. It wasn't through uh, Peter's approach. See, what we do is like the tip of the iceberg. It's The mission is like the tip of the iceberg. Why we do it is really the other 90% below the surface. We can't see it, but the why really is the part that will determine what we end up doing long-term with our lives, with an organization, it's, the, it's, those, it's those values that will shape what people feel as they come around here and experience life at OCC. And as a church, we've been working really hard at our values. And so we have five value phrases that help us keep our hearts aligned with what God values. And so let's look at our values. First off, value number one is this. It's life to life. Life to life. Essentially, we value relationships. We're a relational church in the way we approach all that we do. In the Bible, Paul expressed, he's one church leader, he expressed this value in this way. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. He tells one church, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of our God, but our lives as well. When he says we loved you so much, he's talking about this deep love motive that, that motivated his team of missionaries to... To share life, not just the gospel, but to share their lives as well. As well, he's saying, "Look, we shared our lives with you. We opened up with you. We we let you into our lives, and we sh- we got to know you because you'd become so dear to us." That's the motive, the value of of people. People matter. Ministry flows from one life to another life. So from life to life, that's how ministry flows. That's really been the focus of our approach since we started here. Uh, this this value reminds me of a, an effort I was involved in back in 2003. And so you, a few years before planting this church, I worked with a ministry called Campus Crusade, and I was responsible for working on a, 
a statewide effort to rally the churches in Hawaii to, to mail a copy of the Jesus film to every home in the state during Easter of 2003. So during a one-week period, Easter 2003. This is the, the name of the film. It's the Jesus film. It's the most widely viewed film of all time. The film is a great tool to, to bring the story of Jesus to life. It walks you through the Gospel of, of Luke. It's the, the cinematography is now dated, but it really does help accomplish the purpose of bringing the Scripture to life and help people get into the story and understand. But the real challenge for us in that project was to build a relational network that had people in churches that were praying and caring for their communities and then being prepared to follow up with this huge effort of sharing their faith. And for the churches who used a relational approach, they saw the most fruit from the effort. They saw some growth. They saw some good things come from the effort. But without a relational strategy to sort of prep and then to follow up, it would have been similar to... There's a, a satirical film called The Gospel Blimp. It's about a 50-year-old film. The Gospel Blimp was, it sort of showed these Christian neighbors who decided they wanted to reach people with the gospel message, so they bought a blimp, and they thought the best way to spread the gospel message from on, was from on high, and so they dropped Bibles out of the blimp and played Christian music <laughs> to try to accomplish. Now, the film, it's a satirical film, it was driving home a point, and it cleverly drove home the point that there is no substitute for the personal sharing of one's faith. You, you need to be personal. So we want to carry out our mission of inviting people to take their next steps with Jesus in a highly relational environment, and especially the way we approach sharing our faith in evangelism. We would love for that to be as relational as possible, because the message moves from one life to another life. I have a, an example from our church of this. Here's a, a picture of some families. So on the top left, you see the Woods, the Wood family, and uh, Bruce and his wife Erin. They moved in to. A, they were renting property, the back house from the family just below them, the Mellows. And so this is years ago. They were they were renting and. They began to open up their life to this other family. So the couple on the far left began to reach out to the couple below them who lived in the house right in front of theirs, began to spend time with them, began to share, began to invite them around. I remember when this was happening. It's probably about, it's right when we were starting here, so probably 10 or 11 years ago. Eventually, the Mellows came, got to know people, began to share life, and committed their lives to Christ. I don't know how long after that, a few years after that, the Mellows invited uh, her brother, so the family in the middle, the Perez family, uh, they began coming around, began sharing life with people here, committed their life to Christ. Uh, the family on the far right, the Bullrus family, friends of these other two families in the middle and at the bottom left, again, from life to life, and the chain reaction just keeps going forward. There's other families that, that this group has impacted, the chain reaction. So whether evangelism or, or even discipling people, helping people grow, we do that in a relational way. Our small groups is a very relational approach to small groups. The way we help people work through problems in, in counseling is very relational because our lives are the containers of a life-changing message of hope. Your life is a powerful tool that God wants to use to confirm the reality of the message. And when we first moved back to Riverside to start this church, the big question for us as a small team to launch this church of seven adults was, where do people in this town do life? 
So we started identifying some pockets where people were doing life. And then how do we jump into those pockets of life and begin to get to know people on their turf and share life with them? And now we just keep asking this question, but we have a lot of you that have joined the effort of going, being living on mission in a life-to-life way. Here's another example from one of our neighborhood approaches recently through the summer. We did a series of neighborhood pop-up parties throughout Riverside. And so this is just one of those pop-up parties where people in our church rallied with others in, in their neighborhood from OCC and then through some block parties, I think four in a row, uh, like every Friday night or every Sunday night to, to reach into their community, to meet neighbors and friends and just to share life to life. So I hope that you'll consider maybe one way that you can help us express this value. How can you do that? How can you help express life to life? Here's another guiding value. Number two is this. It's space to investigate. And I'm going to move through these next four faster. But essentially, we don't, we don't push people here. Instead, we want people to feel pulled along by a healthy, life-giving culture. So we give people space to process here. God's Word is powerful. It's effective. And God himself, through his spirit, has a way of working on us. That when he does speak to us and, and put his finger on an area of our life or begin to call us to himself, it's, it's undeniable. So he, he's able to do that. But when it comes to our interaction with people, we want people to explore what the Christian life is all about without the high-pressure tactics that, might, that we might play on, tied to emotions or tied to fear. Because that, that just pushes people. And so instead, we spend a great deal of time thinking through our communication, thinking through how do we make room for guests who, who are not coming from a church background. So everything we do, from worship to our ministry teams, to our groups, to our messages, to our kids' ministry, to our events, we really think through how do we give people space to investigate. We use invitations, not assumptions. And so invitation is the key. Um, you, you can't just be a silent witness and think, I'm going to let God do all the work. No, you use invitation, but without pushy pressure. And so this a- approach really allows people to plug in, to take their next steps of, of faith, but at their own pace. So look at Peter's guidance. This is 1 Peter 3, verse 15. Very helpful guidance. Peter writes to the church, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But then, a lot of us love that first part of this verse. Give a defense. Stand ready. Be prepared. Know how to share your faith. But this next statement, but do this with gentleness and respect. Sometimes we forget that in our approach and we get pushy. Now, Peter wrote this. Peter's come a long way since slicing off the soldier's ear in the garden. Because it's the same guy, okay? So something must have happened. What happened was Jesus imprinted his life on Peter. And so at this point, he's different. There were different values in operation that were guiding Peter's understanding of the mission. And so for us, clarifying this to you is very important because we see every guest that comes here as a trust, a precious trust that God has given for a season. And if you take a risk and invite a friend or a family member or a guest to come to OCC, I want you to know we hold this value. We want to give people space to investigate here. Here's the third value. It's this. It's team with us. Team with us. Church is an all-play. It's an all-play. Church is not just for the professionals. It, it's We work best as a body. 
We're described as the body of Christ. And so the longer you come around here, the more you see this value at work. Ephesians chapter 4 is a great chapter on God's team, the church. Ephesians 4 sort of looks like the playbook for the church, for the team. And a great summary statement is found in verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 4. Paul writes this, from him, speaking of Jesus, who's the head of the church, from him, the whole body of Christ, the whole body, the church, is joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So he's giving us a picture, really, of a body that has indispensable parts. Each person matters. Each person here brings gifts, strengths. Each person brings a network of relationships that God wants to use to to pass his message from life to life. The resources that God provides, he brings all those things. He weaves it all together calls that the church. And if you're in the body of Christ, your spiritual life grows and is built up through active involvement and teaming with others in the body. A great example of this is, was the movie nights, were the movie nights that we just held in Orange Terrace Park. So this is Friday night's movie night. Th- our three movie nights that we just had the last three Friday nights, we had about 12, 12, between 12 and 1300 people came to those movie nights. And Probably only 20% of those that came were from our church. And it's because uh, we do this for the community as an opportunity to have a fun, free night out with, with your family. And so we had a great time hosting these. So many of you served on rotation. Some served the first Friday night. Some served the last Friday night and, and maybe in between and maybe all three nights. But it takes an army of volunteers to put this together and to be ready for the group that God sends our way. Uh, but what a joy to be able to team together and to see these events through the years come together. This is something that we've been doing for years in this park, and it's been a great way that God has used to introduce our church to the community, and people come through these types of events. So I want to say thanks for all of you that, that helped team with us on Friday night, but this is just one recent example of this value in action. If you're here and you've never explored becoming a part of this team, uh, or if you'd just like to continue the process. Maybe you're, you've explored it, but you sort of bogged down at a step in the process. I'd encourage you, check the box on the back of the connection card. It says, I'd like more info on membership here. And just put this in the offering basket when it comes around. We'll follow up with you. Again, if it's, if it's just letting us know, we can let you know how to start that process. We have some preview classes that walk you through what it means to be a part of OCC. If you're bogging down in the process and you just want to restart that, then check that box so we can reach out to you. Another value here at OCC is this. It's our commitment to train. We're committed to train. People at every age need to be moving forward. It's like riding a bicycle. As soon as you stop pedaling and moving forward, you fall down. Maybe not immediately, but... You will eventually. You will eventually. Our Christian life is very, very similar. We need to keep moving forward. We need to keep moving forward. We need to be training. We need to be growing. And so as a church, we have a handful of training programs that we offer. These are all developed by our network of churches that we are are part of. And so these are very high-quality training programs that last one year, two years, and five years. For people in different stages of their Christian growth and, and, and leadership training, but there's a training aspect to almost everything we do here. And so it's very exciting when, when people walk through a training program and then come to the end of it. 
so many of you, you know, you, you go to the gym and you know the value of physical training. And, and Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. So if you're really in shape and you, you're disciplined with your physical training, are you, are you spiritually in shape? Are you spiritually disciplined? Are you spiritually growing? That's what Paul's getting at with this verse to Timothy. When you grow your, your godliness, that has value, he says, for not just the present life, but for the life to come. And so, as a church, we sense that God has given us many people to train, people that are teachable and coachable and trainable, and so we want to provide opportunities for people to step into to keep growing through the years of their life. Our last value is this. It's, we want to be guided by Scripture. We're guided by Scripture. The Bible is our guide. It's our foundation that we build on. This is a non-negotiable gift that God has given to us. We can't improve upon this. Now here's the Bible's own description of itself. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Very, very helpful description of the Bible. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When it says all scripture is God-breathed, it's saying basically since God inspired it all, since he inspired it all, it's God-breathed, then it's all useful. Came from him. It's all useful for all of these areas. Teaching, training, rebuking, correcting. It's all sufficient. We, we really can't improve on it. It's all sufficient. And it's as relevant today as it has ever been. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing compares to the Bible's ability to get to the heart of the matter. Isn't that true? I mean, nothing compares to its ability to slice through our pride, our emotions, our confusion, and sort of get to the heart of things. And so as a church, this is a value we hold. Is we align ourselves with biblical truth. We line up with God's word, and, and we don't ask God to line up with us. We also relate to each other through biblical practices. We call those the heart attitudes. And you'd learn about those through our membership process, the commitment that our members make here is to relate using the biblical one another's. And so we're very specific in, in what those and how we uh, state those practices. But we also just evaluate situations biblically, and we do our best to discern what does God's word have to say about any given situation. We want to be guided by Scripture. So here, here's the full list of the OCC values. Life to life, space to investigate, team with us, commitment to train, and guided by Scripture. And if you've been coming around here, I hope these are values that you have felt, and I hope these are values you have experienced but more than just feeling a common heartbeat, I hope that you will help us create this type of culture. I hope you'll, you'll take it upon yourself to say, this is my church, and I want others to feel this, this heartbeat as well. And we, let's be honest, we've got a ways to go. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit, we've got a ways to go on these, which is why we invite you to help us create this culture more and more. More than just words on a wall, we, we really want these to be passed on through living examples. So we hope you'll consider adding your life to our church family. 
And one final thing I wanted to sort of turn the corner and, and highlight is in the middle of this frame is this word advance. And these, we, we've been unveiling in this series, one each week, one piece of a 10-year vision. And so we're focused over the next 10 years on seeing some of these things. We sense these are some major initiatives that we want to go after. And they're not doable without God and his help and his strength. And and with without people saying, I want to be a part of that. So here are the, the first two initiatives that we've already introduced. So if you've been here the last two weeks, the first one is to secure and build on a visible location to establish permanence and to enable us to advance for future growth. We're a portable church. We've been mobile since we started back in 2008. We had our grand opening and we do set up and tear down. We have teams of volunteers and it's, we've hit a point where we sense it's time to find a permanent home. So we're on escrow in a property. It's 5.3 acres, uh, right in the middle of, of Riverside and it's on Alessandro heading sort of down the hill halfway down the hill as you're heading towards the 91 freeway. We've sensed for quite a while that it would really open up opportunities if we could have a larger space um, to use 24-7. We rent this space just on Sunday mornings, and then we've had an office in Mission Grove that we use, uh, and it can accommodate medium-sized events, but we really have sensed it's time to get serious about this. And so we've been saving and saving and praying, and then God has provided an opportunity. So we're in escrow on this property, and January 20th, 2020 is when uh, we would close escrow. We have until December 20th to decide whether or not we want to close escrow on the property. So we're doing our due diligence right now, and we're working with uh, an architect. We're working with the city planning department. We're working with the neighbors who border this uh, property, and we're working with lenders and looking at our finances. So you can be praying for us and very much involved in the process, primarily through prayer. And if you have questions, please, please let us know. But that's the first of, of our advanced initiatives. The second is this. Last week, we unveiled that we want to train 200 kingdom leaders. And specifically, here's what we mean. 200 kingdom leaders from our own people, 200 additional. We've trained many up to this point, but we since we want to train 200 kingdom leaders from our own people and from the emerging generation. And we want to do that through our training programs that we offer here and so and last is oh there's a photo of some recent graduates from some of the training programs again one year two year and five year training programs the five year one actually uh, comes with a, a an accredited masters of divinity as well and so it's a great opportunity for those that are heading into full-time vocational ministry and so we're very excited about the training programs that, that we have, and it sort of last week when we talked about it, people were like, I want to know more about that. And so come and talk to our leadership uh, at our, our, our welcome table as well if you'd like to know. Here's the next advanced initiative that really crosses through our values. It's this. It's to extend our reach in our region through multi-site with live team teaching. I'm going to unpack this in a few weeks more fully, but let me... Take a swing right now so that you know more about what this means. Uh, we're trying to be forward-thinking on what it would take to extend our reach in this city and even in this region. And we're, but we're also unwilling to bend on our values, but we're very willing to try some new things out in keeping with those values. And so here's something interesting. Here's a photo of, of Riverside and the area. 
At the bottom you see that red indicator where our church is, right beside March Air Force or March Air Reserve Base. We're on the southern eastern part of Riverside. The middle is that property. It's central to this region, to this uh, part of, of Riverside, Marino Valley, Paris. See, we it's very interesting when you lay the the map of our Google attenders, our Google map of our attenders. Take a look. What? So back up again. So that's where we currently are at the bottom. That's where that property is in the center of town. And then this is the attenders of our church plotted on a Google map. And if you zoomed in closer, you'd see lots are stacked on top of each other. And so uh, when we planted, we sensed we might be a neighborhood church, but we've really grown to become more of a regional church. And so there are parts of this area that we've really impacted and have formed some deep roots in Riverside and some pockets of town where we feel like we've been pretty effective towards our, our mission. But then there are some parts of town and certainly some parts of this region that we at some point sense God wants us to reach into. And there's a craving in our culture for community. People crave something that's real and face-to-face with their interaction. And as I mentioned last week, with the rise of the online church and online teaching, which there's amazing teaching online, but what's happening is some people sadly are just ditching church altogether and they're just doing church from their home, you know. And it's not really church. It's, it, they're getting good teaching, but they're void of the relational component. And so all the research is also saying that people are craving uh, relationships. They want to belong. But with the rise of online things, like increased isolation is being experienced by people. There's this diminished sense of belonging. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to remain mindful of this dynamic. And over time, in order to protect our values, we'd like to extend our reach into parts of town where we have little impact or influence. And we desire to use live team teaching. What that means is, as we're raising up pastors, which we're raising up and training, we have uh, five on our staff currently, but we have others that are in training, people that sense a, a, a call to ministry. And as we're raising people up, people that carry our values and carry our culture, uh, we sense an opportunity to extend our reach to pockets of town where we maybe have not even scratched the surface. And we've already identified some areas in town, and we're not ready to do this this year or next because of some of the other things that are a little more pressing. But this is one of our 10-year stated vision statements. And so it's something that, as an advisory team, we've been looking at and praying for for several years. But we're ready now to express that we, we sense God has positioned us to be able to uh, to do something like this. And it would be like church planting in those regions, but it would be potentially still in our city. Live team teaching means that they would be pastors on our staff working as a campus pastor, working with me and collaborating on messages together while they're in the starting phase. And and not even like hiving off chunks of our church, but just starting small with a culture that, that carries the values and launching from a small core. So that that's the third advanced initiative that we wanted to share with you. Again, we can't do all these at once because they'll rob momentum from each other. And so we're praying that God would give us a real clear sense on the timing. But these are things that we sense is on the horizon. We have one more piece of advance that we'll be sharing next week, and I, I'm sure you'll be excited about it. And so I want to invite you to come back and hear more about that. And as our worship team joins me back up on the stage, there's a next step So a next step I want to call your attention to. And it's to fill in the blanks on this statement. 
I'll personally help build the value of blank through blank. So pick a value from that list of five and say, you know what, I want to help build the value of my church's culture. And I'm going to get real specific on which one of those I can embody and focus on and help us move forward into the future. So let's pray. There's another line if just God has spoken to you about something very specific for you to jot down that in your notes. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just say thank you for the work you've been doing in our lives. Thank you for weaving together this church. And thank you, Lord, for the vision you've given for our future, Lord. We're so grateful, Lord, to uh, gain more and more clarity on uh, being able to identify and, and clarify who we are, but then also to be able to articulate the, the direction we sense you're leading us in. We pray for these major advanced initiatives, Lord, that you would uh, bring these to pass, Lord, and, and set the timing, Lord. Uh, provide all the resources, all the people, the pieces that need to be in place, Lord. We, we pray that you're uh, we thank you for the way you've been moving in our lives and, and stirring these things in our leadership team. And then, Lord, we thank you for the the answers of prayer we've experienced recently and the way you've been opening doors, Lord. So we just pray that we would stay close to you, stay in sync with you. Lord, for those that are here that are exploring, maybe for the first time, a relationship with you, God, I pray that you would uh, create opportunities, Lord, for our people to share their lives and that life-giving conversations would happen that would lead people to take maybe their first step or then those next steps with you, Lord Jesus, we pray. We thank you for all you're doing. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.